Life for some people is terribly hard. They live with long-term problems that defy easy solutions and grind them down year after year. For other people, life doesn't seem so difficult at all. They are born into a good family, brought up well, have good health, and all the advantages that come from such a life, the start, a start to life are available to them. Even so, sometimes tragedy strikes people like this and all the promises of such a life are suddenly snatched away like dust blown away in the wind. So whether the tragedy is long-term and chronic or sudden and catastrophic, such experiences are the common lot of human beings living in the world that suffer from, that suffers from the disorder that results from our falling away from participating in the life of God. In the gospel reading today, we see two examples of these tragic circumstances and the means by which they are set right. We see one woman who has been bleeding for 12 years and no doctors have been able to help her. Moreover, she's spent all that she has on these treatments, but to no avail. We also see the tragedy of the sudden death of the synagogue ruler's um, daughter at the age of 12, just the age when in, in this period of time she would have been getting ready to marry. So today, as we reflect on these stories, I want to look at faith and how in both cases, Jesus responded to the faith of those who came to him for help and restoration, which we can see as the overturning of the effects of the disorder that affects life in this world. Turning first to the woman with bleeding, I can only imagine how debilitating this must have been physically, especially with the added uncertainty uh, that would have come from no doctor being able to help her. So she's not even sure, I guess, what the problem is. But really, this is only part of the tragedy and perhaps not even the biggest part for her in the, the way it affects her life. In Jewish society, she would have been a social outcast. Having bleeding made her ritually unclean under the Mosaic law. So she would not have been able to go to the synagogue or attend any of the festivals in Jerusalem. Um, she wouldn't have been able to visit people in the home because then she, they would have had to ritually clean their house. Um, anything or anyone that she touched would have been unclean. And so similarly, they would have had to go through some ritual cleansing in that case. In any event, she would have been essentially cut off from the life of her community, which, of course, included all religious and social life. What a terribly isolating existence this would be and for her with no prospect of it ever ending. So then it's striking that, that this woman has not given up hope. But when she hears that Jesus is in town, she acts on the belief that if she could just touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed. So she pushes her way through the crowd, touches the hem of his garment, and is instantly healed. We see here the essence of faith. It's not just belief in God, but the combination of belief and actions that result from that belief. This kind of demonstrable faithfulness to God in doing things, well, not just believing, but actually doing things, despite all of our failures, is the hallmark of true Christian life. We cannot say that we believe that Jesus is Lord and then not try to do the things that he's asked us to do, even if we do them badly. If the woman had believed that Jesus could heal her but had never gone to see him, had never even tried to go out that day and see him, she would not have been healed. However, just like the physical ailment that she had was only a part of her problem, it was the cause but not the, you know, the major problem, probably was more the social and everything else, her physical healing was really only part of the solution. 
And we hear about the strange circumstance of Jesus asking who touched him when there were so many people jostling around him. There must have been a huge press of people all around him. And the disciples were even saying, why are you asking this? You know, there's so many people around here. There's so many people touching you. Why are you asking who touched you? But of course, Jesus must have known that it was this woman that had touched him, but she was, she was afraid. And he wanted to give her the chance to confess her faith openly. She had hoped to be healed and disappear with no one ever knowing about her. 12 years of living with an illness that separates you from society would have been a very humbling experience. And because she knew that touching Jesus would make him ritually unclean, she would have been terrified about being found out. But Jesus can't be made unclean. He's God. On the contrary, when we come to him in faith, contact with Jesus makes us clean and heals us. So when the woman knew that she was found out, she confessed what she had done to him, but rather than the terrible punishment that she feared, she received Jesus' words of mercy, daughter, be of good cheer, your faith has made you well, go in peace, and was restored to full life in the community. And the example of her great faith became known to all and has come down to us through the scriptures. Turning now to Jairus's daughter, in dark contrast to the hidden way in which the woman with the bleeding condition came to Jesus, Jairus, the synagogue ruler, who's a synagogue rulers were, as far as I understand it, were people who um, were fairly important members of the community. So they're members of the synagogue and they probably uh, gave generously to the upkeep of the synagogue and to its running. So, you know, he's a, he's a big He's a big guy in the local synagogue. But he openly sought out Jesus to heal his daughter who was dying, and he's leading her, leading Jesus to her at, um, during this story. But along the way, someone from his house comes and brings the bad news that she's actually dead and tells Jairus that he should not bother Jesus any longer. Now, Jairus obviously had faith to believe that Jesus could heal his daughter because he had gone to find Jesus and was bringing him to her. But could his faith survive in the face of the worst possible news that a father could receive? What a test of faith this would be. But here Jesus speaks and says, do not be afraid, only believe and she'll be healed. We see that as much as Jesus wanted to heal Jairus' daughter, he also had the strength of Jairus. He must have been in anguish the whole time, knowing that she was dying. If Jairus had given in to the voices telling him to give up, and not to bring Jesus to the house. What a tragedy that would have been. When they got to the house, Jesus made sure to get all of those who would be an obstacle to Jairus and his wife believing Jesus. He, he got them out of the house. With these obstacles to, the, to their faith removed, Jesus healed the girl and she was restored to them well. These stories, stories tell us some important things about uh, how we can approach. Christ. Firstly, we're all different. We have different backgrounds, different temperaments, and we're all at different stages of our life with Christ. So it shouldn't be a surprise that there's really no one way to approach Christ. What these stories do teach us is that if we approach Christ with faith, he responds to us, irrespective of the other circumstances. So Sometimes it's all that we can do just to reach out and touch the hem of his garment, as did the woman with the bleeding condition. 
she was so afraid to openly come to him and ask him for healing that she went secretly, but she was single-mindedly. She single-mindedly went, but she was afraid. That's all she could do. Sometimes we're not afraid to ask openly for Christ's help, but when difficulties come up or circumstances don't turn out the way that we want, we can begin to fall back and we start to lose our faith. Now, does Jesus always heal us physically or whatever our need may be when we ask? No, God's sovereign and he answers our petitions with our salvation in mind. But that really is just the point. He always answers us in a way that's best for our salvation. And so we should always believe that not only will he do so, he will always answer us in the way that's best for our salvation, but we should also be open to our prayers being answered in ways that we might not expect, but will be for our salvation in the long run. So it doesn't matter exactly how we come to Christ. We do need to come with faith and we also need to um, maintain our faith. And sometimes people need to help us with that. As Jesus, by his words, speaking to Jairus, helped him to have faith. Um, but it's necessary for us to come with faith to Christ and to be persistent. But expect that what he does in the end in answering us is going to be for our salvation, not necessarily exactly what we want. Secondly, when Jesus heals, he's not only healing one person, but he's healing communities of people. We saw how the woman with bleeding was restored to full membership in the community so that now she could worship, she could go to the festivals in Jerusalem, she could be social with other people, which she couldn't do. That's not only a huge gain for her, but also for the whole community, because now they have the benefit of her presence and also the, her witness, the witness of a great woman of faith. On a smaller scale, when Jesus healed Jairus's daughter, he not only healed her, but he restored the whole family to health. You can imagine and you often see it when uh, even in our own experience, when you're looking at the news and whatever, if a tragedy strikes a family, occasionally, sometimes the whole family is destroyed by that tragedy. Even if it's one member who dies or, or whatever it happens to be, the whole family can be destroyed. And so Jesus here not only heals the daughter, but of course heals the entire family and brings it to health. So it's really important that we remember that the difficulties of others are not just a personal matter for them, but their healing is important for us also. So whenever we hear of someone being in trouble in any way, it doesn't matter if they're Christians or non-Christians, anyone that we hear about who needs help, we should pray for them, offer them help, and do what we can to be part of, the, of Christ's healing presence in the world. In doing this, we fulfill Christ's commandment to love our neighbours as ourselves and bring the love and mercy of God into our communities and the lives of those around us.